All right, welcome back to the program. Last half hour here on Gesundheit with Jacobus. It's great to have you with us. Elsie Johnson with me in the studio, and I'm sure we'll hear from her more during this last half hour as well. Doctor, oh, not doctor, I'm saying doctor. Uh, it's, uh, I like to call him that, but Ron Davis. Ronald Davis with us, also from the uh, Davis Dyslexia. International Association, Davis Dyslexia Association International is what I should say, and which was founded in September 1995 by Ron and his wife Alice Davis. He has written a few books, The Gift of Dyslexia, as well as The Gift of Learning, and uh, that uh, you can find a lot of information on the website dyslexia.com. And we do have a caller who would like to get involved today with the topic. Caller, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Your name, how can we help you, please? My name is Marion Bakra. Hello, Marion. Hi. Good morning. It's an excellent show, and it's taken me a while to call since I'm trying to absorb all the information. What a story, isn't it amazing? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I have a question that well, probably there's obviously not a quick answer to it. That I guess I call myself, after listening to the show, a uh, well, at least a functional dyslexic. Uh, and so I'm not sure if it's fully corrected. I had a diagnosis of di- of dyslexia when I was in my younger years and had a very hard time going through grade school and had quite a bit of humiliation um, that occurred with me. Like when I was in third grade, I was hum- humiliated in fo- from the class to go to the first grade and get a book from first grade since I really couldn't read. But, uh, you know, obviously not a severe form of dyslexia that uh, of, that Ron Davis had. So my question is, since uh, I've since gone through college at an older age and seem to be operating well, would it be... Uh, what? Would it be beneficial for me to even consider getting an evaluation through ELSI just to see if, you know, I can benefit from doing something in the area? Well, I would would like to answer that. Please. And uh, if for no other reason than your Mm self-esteem, you you should do this. And and what it is that, that you need to know is that that there isn't anything really wrong with you. Where the problem originated was in the way that they taught school right. is different than the way your mind wanted to work. Right. Yeah, and I realize all that, but I, I've, I've observed everything that's happened in the show. So I'm really... Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I dealt with all the shame and the low self-esteem and being ridiculed and all that. Uh, so, and I think, you know, I, I guess... I probably have to deal, deal more with the trauma of it than actually with the lecture. So I guess that's what I'm trying to sort out. What I what I would say is even more than re- dealing with the trauma is that you really need to see that everything is okay. If you can see from a very clear perspective, you can let the past be in the past and get on with what is going on right now around you. If you have to, for some reason, keep a hold of the little parts in the past just to be all right as being yourself, you're not going to get very far. In other words, you're bringing the worst part of the past with you through time. 
and in dealing with this situation with Elsie, I don't know how much Elsie is, would get involved with you with the emotional part of the past because it's not important. Right, I what realize that. What, what, what I'm trying to differentiate, do I need to deal more with the emotional part of the past or can I still benefit from you know, the educational part that has to do with the dyslexia, although I seem to be doing yeah. fine. So that's what I guess was my question. Is. Okay. But of course, essentially, no to it. <laughs> all right. It, it, it depends upon you. It depends upon where you are emotionally. Now, the emotion that is right now and that is current emotion in this time is going to have to be addressed. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that is carryover from the past, it, it, the, the beauty is you're not going to have to deal with the whole train load of stuff. You only have to deal with the stuff that is being pushed in front of the train, the stuff that is, in this moment in time, real emotion. So my advice to you, if for no other reason than to to see how easy it is. In other words, you were going through a system that was not designed for the way that your mind wants to work. What you need to see is a system that works the way your mind mm-hmm. wants to work. Well, I and feel, like, I feel, I feel like I've discovered that on my own, yeah. more or less, and I'm obviously pretty functional, but, yeah. but I think I'll, I'll, well, I'll give Elsie a call after the show. But. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I would Elsie suggest and, that. Yeah, I think that's Good point, Elsie. Yes. Uh, well, what what would be the best? I think is for you to. What Ron's trying to get to is having you understand what's right and how right you are, mm-hmm. so that when you say that you're functional, you can understand. Functional is okay, but the way you can be with the total understanding about what you're thinking and uh, your great talents and the things you do wonderful now are all about, will make it be exquisitely simple to you to see how good things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of in also, spite of that whole because of rather than in spite of is really relevant to what you're asking. Right. And in, in no way do we want to diminish the value of what it is that you've achieved on your own. Correct. I mean, I stand in awe of of the fact that you consider yourself uh, functional. This this demands great respect and admiration. But it doesn't mean that it is as far as you can possibly go. Right. That's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you answered my question. Yeah. Good. It makes uh, sense. Good. That's great. Yeah. Well, thanks for the call. Thank man. you very much. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yes. Excellent. That was very. It's a very good show. I appreciate it. Uh, caller, good morning. Thanks for being with us morning. today. Your name, please. How can we help you? Manuel. Manuel. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I had a question. Yes. I uh, I was gone for a couple of weeks I left the country yeah and uh, I have this friend and she's she's very bright and all that and she told me she worked in Saudi Arabia for a couple of years and when she forget things or not get things done on time that one of the uh, employees would hit her on the head with a shoe and I noticed that before she told me that that she'd forget where things she'd forget where she'd put things at, hmm. and I was thinking that that probably had had a lot to do with it. How she she forgets where she puts things at sometimes. I don't know if, what kind of effect that would have. I mean the effect of uh, if that would be uh, considered dyslexia. Yeah. 
But she was. She said that she was hit numerous of times on the head with, on her side of her head with a shoe. And this is just recently, uh, or this is something that happened decades ago? No, this happened within the last couple of years. Okay, so you want to know what the effect could be when you get hit on the head? Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, not sure how that's related well, directly to this. Maybe, maybe, maybe Chuck could do that because I throw things at him all the time. Uh, I think that's conditioning, <laughs> maybe, or. Well, there is something called aphasia. That aphasia looks like dyslexia in many ways, but aphasia is caused from brain damage or nerve damage from either illness or injury. So, if there was actual brain damage that occurred as a result of being hit with a shoe, then it could fit into that category, and it could actually look like dyslexia, but. The dyslexia has a different uh, basis. It, it comes from abilities and not from brain damage. Okay. So I, I would suggest, yeah, uh, looking at it from that perspective, because if she is experiencing difficulty as a result of, of what could actually be brain damage, then that does not fit within the realm or the scope of what we can work with. Hmm. Oh, so she's probably already born that way because she's she's very intelligent. I know that part much of it. Yeah. So. Well, oftentimes we will look for an excuse to explain why things are happening. In other words, uh, I was very very pleased to have the 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 idea that I had brain damage that was the reason why I was non-functional. Yet when I, we're dealing with it, I realized. It, the problem is not brain damage or nerve damage. It's natural talent and the, the the way I'm thinking that is causing the problem to be there. So from that perspective, I would suggest the possibility of reading the book, The Gift of Dyslexia, and see how much of that actually would fit with her. So you, what, you might even suggest that she reads it. Well, what kind of a... I mean, is there a certain book that you would get? I mean, there's probably different titles out there from well, different writers. The book that Ron is speaking about is specifically called The Gift of Dyslexia. Oh, and that okay. is the book that talks about the nonverbal intelligence and the disorientation that happens so that when that's happening, you're not actually taking in your actual surroundings. And that could be a part of an explanation for her, what seems to be a memory loss. But certainly in a couple of minutes, uh, it would have to we'd have to have more definitive time and there are providers in that part of the world that she could speak with but she can filter use those put those sunglasses on and look at things through the filter of nonverbal intelligence to see if she thinks it's relevant to her at all okay good point i put okay. the ball in her court on that yeah, she's a smart person and she can you know get an idea about whether or not that makes sense to her and then go from there go to the dyslexia site and see if that helps her okay all right, Manuel. Well, thank you. you thank you so day. much for the call. Bye-bye. You're welcome back. Uh, Ron, as we are um, on your website, I found this uh, chapter. It's called Dyslexia and the Threshold for Confusion. And it says right. over here, um, when dyslexic people make mistakes in reading or spelling, it is because they are experiencing disorientation, as we were just talking about, which results in distorted perceptions. The person's threshold for confusion is a key factor in how often he or she disorients. 
A person with a lower threshold is more easily confused and thus is more often disoriented. So it's almost like being distracted very quickly. A person with a higher threshold is less easily confused and less frequently disoriented. And then it says, Davis Orientation Counseling, so your organization will help a person to recognize and control disorientations, but it cannot prevent disorientations that stem from outside factors such as the one on this list. And so it, I would like you to go over that list for us. It is thus important for the person to also learn to recognize these sources of confusion so they can be avoided, resolved, or minimized. Would you please elaborate on these? Because I think looking at that list, that involves everybody. Well, what we need, yeah, the disorientation is a fact of life for everybody on the planet Earth. Yes. And and what I want to do is I want to do actually a step back before we go forward. That's right. You want uh, to do a game with me. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, uh, the, the, the threshold for confusion, this idea that, that you're talking about that, that is mentioned in the book, the, the threshold for confusion is not a set thing. In other words, our, our personal thresholds for confusion vary from literally from moment to moment. And the things that would have the most profound effect on our threshold for confusion are rest, stress, and nutrition. In other words, a person who is prone to disorient, if they're well-rested in, in an environment that doesn't have any stress and they are experiencing good nutrition, there will be very little disorientation, even though the person is prone to doing it. Mm. But if you take that same person and you, you deprive them of sufficient rest, you put them in a very stressful environment and their nutritional needs are not being met, this person is going to be very disoriented most of the time. So it is very important to be aware of these factors, even for individuals that could be disoriented without it being actually called dyslexia. Uh And if we look at the idea of, of stress and nutrition, and we look at and say, well, there are some people that have allergies to certain foods. Well, if you are consuming a food that you're allergic to in some way, that is not good nutrition. Okay. In addition to that, it is also an added stress on the system. Mm-hmm. And so it is very, very important not to uh, be doing things that 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 or eating foods that are not good for you. Correct. Now, I I also know that when we become disoriented, we alter our brain chemistry. In other words, you do not get disoriented without changing some of the chemistry inside of your brain. And the uh, vitamins are essential to keeping your brain chemistry in balance. So if you are a person who is prone to being dyslexic or a person who is prone to just being disoriented, Mm -hmm. it is a very good idea to supplement your diet with with vitamins that you can get from from a health food store. Mm -hmm. It is essential. Essential fats are very important, I would say, for the brain. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. 
and and also the full range of vitamin B. I have found that the the vitamin B individuals who are dyslexic as adults have a tendency to to experience depression. Mm-hmm. And the vitamin B, if, uh, I, in my own case, I have discovered that by doing a daily regimen of vitamin B, the depression is something that I no longer experience. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the B so, from boy. The B from boy. It, it, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is the full range, including right. the niacin, which is the one that will make you flush. So yes. it's yes. Uh, it, it is good that 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 all of that it can be included in the person's diet because to me this is a, a part of not only the stress but also the nutritional aspect of dealing with the the, the disorientation that even if you're addressing the dyslexia as a learning disability and you've got that part of it under control disorientation is still a fact of life yes mm-hmm. yeah. i agree with you well that is uh, that's good and uh uh, to talk about some of these um, um, thresholds, so to say, uh, could be excess motions, a change in the order lines of the environment, furniture yep. rearrangement, moving households, scheduling changes, time pressure, like being rushed, threats of punishment, family strife, fear, loss of a loved one or an animal, anything that is a reminder of an unpleasant past experience, those are all distractions or disorientation uh, Well, there's what Tron was talking about, stressors. Those stressors. would be stressors. Yes. And it just mm. makes sense. As I said, 80% of the population is nonverbal, and they will disorient. Mm. One thing's either confuse them or uh, cause anxiety, or they're curious about something, or they're bored. That's yeah. when the disorientation, those cells turn on. Mm-hmm. And Ron was going to have you experience that with this exercise. Okay. And, and hopefully we... Okay. Uh, I would like to do this. And, and in order to do this little exercise, you would have to be willing to let me ask you some questions. Okay. Can I do that? Uh, okay. Yes, you may. The first question is, how good is your imagination? If I ask you to imagine an elephant, could you do that? Yes. Did you? I did. Uh, what color was the elephant? Gray. Gray, okay. Uh, erase the elephant and uh, imagine home. Okay. Imagine home. Yes. Do you see the place where you now live? Uh-huh. Okay. Imagine school. Okay. Do you see the outside or the inside? I saw the outside first. Okay. You So you saw both. Okay. Yes. Uh, imagine a stack of books. Imagine a stack of books. Uh-huh. Is it hardcover and softcover mixed? Or just hardcover. Hardcover, and they were kind of uh, they were not in a straight straight stack. Okay. Well, imagine a pile of papers. Is okay. that messy or neat? A little bit more messy. A little bit messy. And imagine a pencil. Not messy. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but the pencil does it does it have an eraser on the end of it? Um, it uh, did not. Was not the first thing I saw. But it was not a mechanical pencil. It was a just regular wooden pencil. Okay. Now, imagine a. Uh, imagine imagine a. Uh, uh, no, a. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh. Do you see a lowercase a? Lower. Yes. Okay. All right. Imagine the. Yeah. What do you see? Uh, lowercase. Lowercase letters. Okay. And imagine and. Same thing, lowercase. Do you, 
lowercase, okay. In order to understand what you just experienced, there are two things that we have to consider first. The first thing that we have to consider is that language mirrors the thought process. If it did not, language would be way too complicated for anyone to learn. Mm. And the other thing that we have to consider is that that <clears throat> language is composed of symbols. A symbol is composed of three parts. What the symbol looks like when we see it, what it sounds like when we see it, and what it means. We must also consider that there are two methods of thinking. There's verbal thinking and nonverbal thinking. Now, in that little drill that we did, when I said... Uh, imagine an elephant, I'm actually asking you to shift into your nonverbal thinking mode and think with an elephant. Right. And there is the elephant, okay? Now that you're shifted into your nonverbal thinking mode, you can accurately think nonverbally with home and school and books and papers and a pencil. Okay. But you cannot think with a and or the nonverbally. Correct. When I said imagine ah, uh, did you feel that 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 feeling of confusion? It almost is shaking. It is like mm. yeah, but it was did more. It that? was more because I thought you were going to continue the sentence. Ah, yeah. that you thought. Uh, okay. imagine ah, uh, and then another word. But because there was no word that came, Correct. there would have been a feeling that that goes. That feeling is what we call confusion, and okay. strictly from a science perspective of cause and effect, that feeling that you felt for just a moment, mm -hmm. that is the feeling that causes a dyslexic person to become disoriented. Right. That's what causes it. So when, when, <clears throat> when I said, imagine, ah, uh, and nothing else came, what you got was a picture of nothing. Correct. That picture of nothing is where that feeling comes from. Uh -huh. And, Truly, to correct dyslexia, what we have to do is we have to fill in the blanks. We have to fill in so that the child that is dyslexic will have a picture for the meaning of a, and the meaning of and, and the meaning of the. Mm. And when the, the child sees those words or hears those words, they have the meaning that uh, a person who thinks verbally thinks with sound. So if they know the sound of the, they can think with the. But a person who is thinking with pictures is not thinking with sound. So it doesn't matter if they know the sound the. They're still not the way they're thinking. And also, if we consider they're thinking with pictures, the picture is not a picture of what the word would look like, like the lowercase a yeah. and the lowercase the. Uh -huh. The picture is actually the meaning of the word. And they think with meaning as opposed to thinking with sound. In order to teach a dyslexic something, you have to teach them meaning first. In order to teach a word thinker something, you have to teach them sound first. And that's the real difference between dyslexic individuals and non-dyslexic individuals is what it is that they need first in their learning process. I see. Wow. You know, Ron, I really hope that you will join us again for another interview in a few months, that we can continue this conversation about this uh, this ever-growing problem, believe it or not. I mean, you believe it and you know it. 
but uh, people are starting to realize that this is a much bigger issue than they thought, and they themselves could have been could be dyslexic at this point, not even realizing it until they listen to you or listen to Elsie. So I do hope that you come back with us, folks. Uh, this was Gesundheit with Jacobus. Elsie Johnson with me in the studio. Contact her at thelearningoptions.com. Go to her website or call her at 282-7416. And for all the information for Ron Davis, go to dyslexia.com. And thanks, everybody, for being here.